0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 yo, yo. What up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. If you like the show, pass it along to your friends, share it. Big up us. We appreciate that. We need that. And find us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, The Believe Podcast Network, that's believe.com, b l e a v.com. Just just listen. We love it. We appreciate it. My man Kevin Cleeland is running the boards, producing, engineering. Kevin, what's cracking? How you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic, Reggie. I am so excited for football coming back this weekend. The USFL. Well, oh, you 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 watch the USFL, Kevin? Uh, no, but I'll take football in any form I can get it. Oh, so we, this is what we are getting. We are establishing <laughs> Kevin is a football junkie. That's yes. what this is, because I will not watch the USFL. I will not watch. I barely watch the NFL bad football. You don't <laughs> give a damn.
1: <laughs> I'm going is to like, watch
0: give the me Houston Gamblers and the Michigan Panthers and the Tampa Bay Bandits and the Pittsburgh Maulers. Wow. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait for this weekend. That is a fitting name, the Houston Gamblers, because I, I feel like the only people watching USFL are gamblers. Gamblers are people who love football so much that they will. I cannot watch bad. I I can't watch bad football. If they can't play in the NFL, I, I mean, I, unless it's college, because everybody's, there's a lot of people on the same plane there, right? And you know there's some really good players who are going to end up in the NFL. But I can't watch USFL when I'm watching guys I know aren't, good enough to be in the nfl right i i just can't watch it it just drives me i i don't know but more power to you kevin i mean you know yes Yes, i am a football addict thanks rich (laughs) (laughs) uh well this week we are going to talk about frank vogel being ousted by the lakers and what's next for them today is april 15th jackie robinson day but first up Kevin, we have got breaking news. I, I, Kevin, I, it's breaking news, and I think we need we need the breaking news sound for that. Can we can we get some breaking news sound? Yes. Yes. That is my favorite. <laughs> that is my favorite breaking news alert alarm sound in the world. Um and actually, it's not even breaking news as in it happened today or yesterday. Uh, because we're recording this on Friday, April 15th. Uh, this happened, this story came out a week ago, okay, and from, the, from the Boston Globe. And for some reason, it sat on the back burner and nobody heard about it. And I heard about it yesterday. So, the breaking news is that Tom Brady retired and unretired all because of racism. Racism got a hold of Tom Brady. And I know what you're thinking. Hold up. How did racism affect Tom Brady? I mean, Tom Brady's a white dude. He's the majority. How How did the racism? I'm going to explain to you how racism got Tom Brady's ass. So, Tom Brady, we all know, had a great NFL season this year. You know, by all NFL standards, MVP race. I mean, Aaron Rodgers won it. Some people thought Tom Brady could have won it. I was not one of those people. Tom Brady, at the end of this season, decides to retire. Out of the blue, people were like, "Yo, he's gonna retire. He's forty-four years old, huh? Had a great career. There's nothing left to prove. Okay, he's gonna arrive to the sunset. He's done. He said he wanted to go hang out with his kids and be with his family. The whole deal. How many months later was it, Kevin? I think it might have been three months. Was it even three months? Three months later, Tom Brady decided, Nah, I'm coming back out. Was it, was it three months, Kevin? I think it was something. Yeah, close to that. It wasn't long. wasn't Wasn't long. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady got tired of that family very quick. Right. And so all of a sudden, Tom Brady is coming back from retirement. And then we hear about uh, Bruce Arians and he's handing the team down to Todd Bowles. And he looks like the greatest ally in history of black coaches in the NFL. Uh, Bruce Arians, all he does is hire black coaches. And he gave the head coaching job of a team that just won a Super Bowl two years ago to a black dude. Love him. He rocks the Kangols and everything. I rock with Bruce Arians. And so all of a sudden we're thinking that Tom Brady is coming back because he's got something to prove and he's got all this stuff to do. Not so fast, my friend. Turns out in a story from the Boston Globe, I forget who the man is that broke this story. Um, Tom Brady was retiring to go and become the team president of the Miami Dolphins. And going to become the team president, he was going to bring with him as the head coach, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, the resigning coach of the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, he was going to go and become the Miami Dolphins head coach with Tom Brady as the president with ownership in his contract. He was going to own part of the Dolphins right? Make the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins this huge thing with Tom Brady as the team president in the face. The whole deal. Kind of like the Derek Jeter thing they did in Tampa Bay that did not work out. But something funny happened along the way with all that. Because the Miami Dolphins if you don't know, if you've been living on the rock, you ain't heard about it, they had a coach who was uh, you know, uh, had a little bit of melanin to him. Say uh, black, if that's what you want to call him. Uh, Brian Flores who was fired after almost making the playoffs, having a good record with the team. Basically, he was there for 3 years and uh they almost made the playoffs twice. He had rookie quarterback who was not as good as advertised, but he still put together parts that made the team work, right? He ended up getting fired. Brian Flores was hired was out and interviewing for other jobs. Bill Belichick accidentally told him he got the New York Giants job, but it turns out he was he was texting the wrong Brian. He was texting Brian Dayball and not Brian Flores. Brian Flores found out that he didn't get the job because he hadn't even interviewed yet. And and Bill Belichick was telling him that he had got the job. But he was talking about another Brian. So Brian Flores, mad as hell, full of piss and vinegar, decides all to hell with the NFL. I'm about to sue they ass. And I'm suing the Dolphins for racist racist hiring practices as well. They tried to make me uh, forfeit games for $100,000 per game. They would pay me to lose games. So once this suit happens and the whole deal, now all of a sudden the Dolphins, because they know that they're once they're in this lawsuit, there's a thing called discovery where they got to hand over all the emails, the text messages, all that stuff. And what was going to be in those emails and those text messages that Tom Brady and Sean Payton was coming over to take over the Dolphins. But if you remember, there's a little thing that the NFL owners put in to combat racist hiring practices called the Rooney Rule, which really don't work because things like this keep happening to circumvent. So they knew they were going to have to interview a black coach of some sort, but they wanted Sean Payton. They were going to hire Sean Payton no matter what. They were bringing in Tom Brady to be the team president. They're supposed to hire. They're supposed to interview minorities for those jobs. They weren't, they were gonna do the sham interviews, which is what the Rooney rule continues to produce, is sham interviews. And then they were gonna hire the guys they wanted, right? Now, I'm not blaming anybody for wanting to hire Tom Brady as the team president. I'm not blaming anybody for wanting to hire Sean Payton as the head coach. But I'm blaming you when you know you're going through this Rooney rule that's supposed to have some kind of uh some kind of law attached to it, right? To make you do the right thing. And then you circumvent it. And what's even worse, what they were trying to do, what Tom Brady's uh, whole magical plan was. I mean, this is out of a damn movie script, right? Tom Brady was going to become the team president and have some ownership, right? And once the dust settled with Tampa Bay and they moved on and got a new quarterback and yada, 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 then he was going to try as the team president to convince them to make a trade where then he could come back, renounce his ownership of the Dolphins play for the Dolphins as the quarterback, therefore therefore raising the capital worth of the team and get back under center. This is unbelievable. But when Brian Flores filed his racism lawsuit, that killed everything. Killed it all. I don't know who... The NFL teams could be mad at, at at Brian Flores. The owners of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, he could be mad. I think the Giants and the Mara family they could be mad at Brian Flores. Uh, there's two new people who jumped in. We're gonna talk about them in a second. Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton uh, to this lawsuit to have some uh, to give uh, Brian Flores some backing. But I don't know if anybody is more heated with Brian Flores than Tom Brady. He just took NFL ownership out that man's pocket. Right. And (laughs) I don't know how furious Tom Brady has got to be right now because he lost a chance to own a piece of the Miami Dolphins to to go and become the team president of of said Miami Dolphins. This is this is unbelievable. I can't believe this story came out a week ago and I just heard about it yesterday. Like this is some espionage. A secret under the secret decoder ring stuff. I can't believe this. And so the Dolphins and now you're starting to see what happened with the Dolphins. Right. So they fired Brian Flores. They were going to try to hire Sean Payton. But then once they got this racism thing, they had to go find a coach that had some black in him, so that they didn't look bad because of all the stuff they were doing in the dark. They fired the black dude. Then they're going to hire these white dudes without even with doing the sham interviews for the Rooney Rule. So they hired a dude who looks black-ish. We found out that, uh, I think his name is Mike, uh, I forget his name, Mike something. Uh, he used to be the offensive coordinator with the 49ers. That he is, uh, he identifies as black. So the Dolphins try to cover their tracks with this hire right here. It's mind-blowing, insane, so hilarious. But this is the NFL. And this is the stuff that goes on all the time. And people turn a blind eye to it because all they care about is their teams and the winning. And we got it. It's racism. It just keeps messing everything up. And this time it busted Tom Brady in the ass. Got him in the ass. (laughs) Just got him in the ass. So, so with the lawsuit. Now we've got Steve Wilkes, who used to be the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I believe he was the coach for 2016. He got one season as the head coach, fired. And then they went and hired Cliff Kingsbury, who had never won a damn thing in college, never been in the NFL in college, brought him in to be the coach of the Cardinals. And they just got to the playoffs. And you know what I'm saying? Finally, after a couple of years of having Kyler Murray and the whole deal, they're trying to get this thing to work. But Ray Horton also joined this suit, right? And and, I, and Steve Wilkes, you can make a case. There are People who are saying that he was a terrible coach or whatever. That's fine. But there's tons of terrible coaches who get year two, right? Year two of a contract. I mean, one year, was he that bad that you had to get the cat up out of there? But it's like, it's, and that was almost a sham hire. It's like, here, let's say that we hired the black guy for a year and we look good in the PR department and yada, yada. No, it's just crazy. So he joined the suit in unfair, uh, you know, firing and hiring practices of the NFL. Uh, Ray Horton, who in 2014 was an NFL assistant, defensive assistant, he interviewed for a multitude of jobs, right? He was interviewing for the Tennessee Titans job as a sham. Because Mike Malarkey, who was just on a podcast talking about him getting that job as the Tennessee Titans head coach, he talked about it and he was told... Before he even before they even interviewed him that he didn't even need to interview they were going to give him that job they just had to do some other interviews before he got the job and he was just being he it was just like a little catharsis for him just telling on t- you know getting out he wanted to talk about it on a podcast and say I did some wrong things in the past and I wish I had gone about things differently and I feel like people really worked hard for these interviews and they really prepared and I went in knowing I was gonna get this job and I could have and these are people I worked with I was friends with I could have Told them that you know this is what's happening here, and I should have been a part of that. And kudos to him for doing that, because this is the nature of why Brian Flores is filing this lawsuit, and this is why Brian Flores is going to win this lawsuit, because these things are common practice in the NFL. He's going to win this lawsuit, or he's going to say, but he says he's not even going to settle. So the NFL is going to have to open the books up and show, because this is going to go to the courts. It's going to go, and the NFL is going to look like the fools that they usually are racism damn we back after the break so my lakers are not in the playoffs they uh they they got they got bounced out you know um, well they shut lebron james down which for for the life of me i don't understand we talked about this last week but people just love to hate no matter what so LeBron James has a chance to win the scoring title. And all people want to talk about is, oh, look at him, just stat padding He's trying to stat pad so he can say he's the greatest scorer of all time. And then he shuts it down. And then all of a sudden, all I see is the memes and people talking about, Kobe would have played, MJ would have played. I'm like, what the man can't win? And, and for the record, if MJ, Kobe had played in year 19, they would have went six for 30. <laughs> they would have shot six for 30 and pump fake themselves into oblivion because I seen them. I seen Kobe in year 18 through 20. I saw Michael Jordan in year 14 and 15. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, doing what LeBron's doing in year 19, but let's just, let's just, let's just get back on topic. So the Lakers not in the playoffs, didn't make the play in or whatever. This season was a tremendous failure tremendous. So many things went wrong, right? Um, Russell Westbrook comes over and it just doesn't fit. And it doesn't fit because I will blame LeBron. I will blame LeBron for this. LeBron James as being the greatest player of all time, I wanted to see him be a chameleon, change up his stripes and do something different. And to do something different, he needed to move off ball. He didn't do that. It, it was, it turned into LeBron is still going to dominate the ball, and he shot more than he's ever shot before, which is not winning LeBron ball. LeBron needed to move off ball and let Russell Westbrook be Russell Westbrook, right? That's what needed to happen for this Lakers team to, to make the change. They didn't do that. Maybe they'll figure that out this offseason. And then they also had Anthony Davis, and to his credit, Yo, people want to talk about his street clothes and he. Yo, these these injuries are freak accidents. Like he's turning his ankle on people's feet. He's jumping up and people are underneath him. There's nothing you can do. It just happens that way, right? And and again, you have to understand when you play with LeBron James, most people, especially the bigs, have to change their games. Every big that's ever played with LeBron in championship level has had to change their game. And the change they've had to make is they can't be all up in the paint all the time because that's LeBron's area as well. So Anthony Davis had to develop a three-point shot. He was not a three-point shooter with the New Orleans Pelicans. He got to the Lakers and that dude started shooting threes. Why? Because they needed to spread the floor. And for one season, he did it really well. And the last two, he has been not so good at it. This year, he was god-awful. And that was a big deal for the Lakers. And then the other big deal is Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel was never even the Lakers' first choice as a head coach. Frank Vogel was working for ESPN when he got the Lakers job. Right? They had went through the Rolodex of who the hell they could call before they got to Frank Vogel. They wanted Tyrone Liu. And for some reason, I don't know who made the call. They wanted Tyrone Liu. Tyrone Liu, but they didn't want to let Tyrone Liu hire his own staff. What kind of ignorant, dumbass who? This dude has won an NBA championship in this league. Been a good coach, been a great coach, has coached LeBron. And this is what you guys do? So that's a thing that we can't forget about, right? There's something, and that that guaranteed that caused some kind of rift between the LeBron camp and the Lakers because you got LeBron here. Let LeBron do what LeBron does. You already mortgaged the future for LeBron and AD. Let them do what they do. But they wanted to the meddle in it. So they brought in Frank Vogel. And then they brought in Jason Kidd because they wanted to hire Jason Kidd as the head coach, but Jason Kidd had a domestic issue a decade earlier and that was enough for them to say uh we don't want to hire him as the head because we have him as assistant so now and they had Lionel Hollins they had uh uh, Phil Handy they've got dudes on the staff who the entire all the players look at they brought in Fisdale they've got every coach on that staff is looked at in higher regard than Frank Vogel so you already know what's going to happen. As soon as this thing isn't going the way it's supposed to go, who's going to be the scapegoat? And this offseason, before the, before the season even started, Jason Kidd gets hired away uh, by the Dallas Mavericks. Worst decision the Lakers could have made. They should have fired Frank Vogel right then and gave the job to Jason Kidd. Because when you get this many superstar athletes who've been great for so long... You've got to have a guy like Greg Popovich who commands all the respect of the world from all the NBA players. You could bring in a Mike shashevsky right? Or you've got to have a guy who's played in their league. You cannot have a Frank Vogel coaching and, and get lucky and win a, win a championship, right? Because he's got the greatest players. He's got the best players, the healthiest players. And then when things start to go south with three Top seventy-five players of all time. Anthony Davis. Sure, uh, I don't know if he should have been on that list. Dwight Howard definitely should have been, but he's not. But right, you cannot have things go south because you're going to be the scapegoat. There's no other way around it. They're not getting rid of LeBron James. They're not getting rid of Anthony Davis. They can't get rid of Russell Westbrook, even though I'm sure they would love to. He's got a contract that you know what I'm saying next year he's got a, he's got a player option to opt in. He's going to opt in faster than the speed of light. It's 44, I think $44 million he's going to get. Of course he's going to take that. And he'll be back with the Lakers next year. And it wasn't all Russ's fault. Russ was just being Russ. That's all he was doing. Russ was being Russ and trying to be different than what he's always been. He tried to be a jump shooter. That's never been his game. That's not his game. But Frank Vogel absolutely had to go. And good riddance. I mean, he's he's a cool guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Cool deal. Only thing that sucks is the way he got he heard about getting fired because somebody leaked it to uh, Narowski, right? And he and then a reporter asked him at the at, at the end of the, of a game. So, um, have you heard about uh, you being um, you know you being let go and and what's going on with that? And he's like, oh, I haven't heard about that. That's so whack. The Lakers did that, but it just speaks to what's going on with this team. You see what's going on with this team. When you're meddling with LeBron and try and you know Rich Paul and you know trying to get Tyron Lue here, but you want to hire his staff. You hire Jason Kidd, but you don't want to give him the head coaching job. Now you're looking for a new coach. And the only thing that's gonna suffice is a dude who's played or somebody who actually commands respect. Because what you need is somebody who could tell Russell, Russell Westbrook, yo, sit your ass down and chill out on those turnovers right? Somebody to tell LeBron, LeBron, get your ass back on defense. Jason Kidd could do that because Jason Kidd is a top 75 player of all time. Jason Kidd is respected in the league, right? Uh, Doc Rivers could do that. Doc Rivers is a great coach. Doc Rivers played in this league. Steve Kerr could do that Steve Kerr has won championships played in this league won championships as a player and a coach Popovich won multiple championships as a coach and respected by everybody Mike Krzyzewski if they want to go hire Mike Krzyzewski to come to the Lakers Mike Krzyzewski could get on LeBron's ass and AD's ass Frank Vogel ain't telling them what to do what, what? Get, get Frank Vogel's ass up out of here and so there's rumors that Mark Jackson is possibly the next guy, which I think would be dope. I was advocating for that two years ago before they fired, before they hired Frank Vogel. I thought Mark Jackson would be a great uh, guy to have as a Lakers coach because he commands respect. He's been in the league. He's done what they've done. He got that Warriors team to the precipice of a championship, and then Steve Kerr came in there, got some offensive stuff going, and they, boom, they won the most games ever. So Frank Vogel's out. It was time. And now it's time to move in the direction of a guy who commands the respect. Mark Jackson would be dope. Greg Popovich, they're saying it's possibly his last game with the Spurs. I don't know if he's just going to retire altogether because that championship wagon is done. It's never stopping in San Antonio again, unless they find a way to draft one of the greatest players of all time, like they did with Tim Duncan. No free agent. They've got one free agent in their entire lifetime to actually come there. And it was LaMarcus Aldridge. And he was not, I mean, he was a great player at his time, but he wasn't one of the greatest. He was an all-star, but that's, that's all you're getting and it was crazy that he even went there I, I thought the boy was sick who the hell wants to go to who wants to go to san antonio and and live there lamarcus Aldridge is is the they he man that dude should never pay for another meal in san antonio again just for the fact that he came and took their money nobody's going there so the championship is over pop can retire leave the san antonio spurs Go smart. Give it a try with the Lakers. See if he can mess around and and, uh, and be the new Phil Jackson, right? Because he's already been talked as possibly the greatest coach. It's him, Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Come on over to L.A., Pop. Or Mark Jackson. Or old-ass Coach K. We'll, we'll take somebody. I don't I don't care. But I still think the Lakers have an opportunity next year to make something happen. Because you've still got A.D. Now, if A.D. can stay healthy, he's a monster, the, the one thing that people need to understand is this ain't year 10 LeBron. This ain't even year 17 LeBron. This is year 19 and you're about to have year 20 LeBron. To expect him to be able to just have him show up and you're a championship contender, that ship has sailed. That's not the LeBron you have anymore. You need other parts. You need other players to be able to get their own shot, make things happen for themselves. Because as you can see, LeBron's game is changing. He shot more shots than he's ever shot in the past decade this year. This is the highest number of uh, shot attempts he's taken in 10 years. The game is changing for him. And so you need better players around him. And you've got AD. AD has to play better. Russell Westbrook has to play better but you need better coaching and you need better executive decision-making and Rob Palenka and the Rambuses and, and Jeannie busting them. I don't know what the hell y'all doing. Y'all might need to go ahead and turn the team over to, uh, you know, my man, Rich Paul. Would that be the ultimate flex? If LeBron came to the Lakers, (laughs) got them a championship, And then made his boy, got his boy to be the GM or team president of the Los Angeles Lakers. That would be the greatest homie hookup of all time. But that's what you do when you the GOAT. Back after the break. So today is April 15th. Better known as Jackie Robinson Day. Oh, actually, the day your taxes are due. Ain't today today's tax day, ain't it? Can they it? actually extended it to uh, Monday oh, for some reason. I oh, no oh, why. okay. <laughs> Maybe it's Jackie Robinson Day. Maybe was like, man, we can't do that to people on Jackie Robinson Day. Today is April 15th. Could be Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, on this day, April 15th, 1947, Jackie Robinson uh, broke the color barrier in baseball, in Major League Baseball. The Dodgers signed him, and it ended racial segregation uh, that had you know, kept black players in the Negro Leagues forever. Um, it's always a, a a dope time to talk about Jackie Robinson whenever this comes up because there's just so many things that, like, he's just one of the greatest American heroes that I don't think gets enough credit, right? Like, I don't think Martin Luther King will ever get enough credit. I don't think Jackie Robinson will ever get enough credit for what he did. This, at the time, baseball, and horse racing were the American pastimes, right? It was the thing that Americans did. And this man came into the league, wasn't even thought of as the best black player, right? There were other players who, who people thought were more talented, faster. You know, you had Satchel Page, you had Josh Gibson, you had so many other people that people thought should be The black player to come in but jackie robinson was picked because he was talented but he also had the temperament to handle the vitriol and ridicule that was going to come his way and that to me is something that is always just mind-blowing to me when when a guy like jackie robinson when you know he's going to go on the road and and get, get spit on yelled at um denigrated everywhere he's going just because of racism and stupidity but this dude stood up to it death threats because why because he dared to play a game he dared to play a game like he dared to be black and play a game that americans who wanted america to only be a representation of white people loved he dared to play a game and do it well. And he went out there and he did it well. And he took the slaps. He took the, and, and, and hell, I know, you know what I'm saying? There was times, I'm sure, Jackie Robinson, you watch the movie, 42, uh, played by Chadwick Boseman, beautifully. Great movie. Rest in peace, uh, Chadwick. Um, there were times that dude wanted to fight back, wanted to get in somebody's face, wanted, but he, he, he took it. He took it on the cheek so that people behind him could come and make it easier for them, give them a chance. Because if he lashed out, then all of a sudden the people who were lashing out at him, they win. Because then they could say, oh, look, see, we told you these black people. He had to be the shining example for black people, which is the weight of the world because it's not a monolith. There ain't no one black person. There ain't no one black people. There's black people all over the world who do things differently All over the world. The same way there's white people. The same way there's Asian people. Same way there's Indian people. Muslims. Uh, Everybody's different. But Jackie Robinson had to be black people. And he took that mantle and he held it down. And now you have 42 retired amongst the, the Major League Baseball. You got great tributes happening all week and all day. Talking about Jackie Robinson and what he meant to these players. And what he's meant to the game. And I think that he just needs more salutes, you know, more more love. Um, Jackie Robinson is amazing. I never saw the man play. I watched the black and white grainy tapes and all that stuff. And he played for the L.A. Dodgers, who I hate. But I love them for ending the color barrier and bringing in Jackie Robinson and just making the world a better place. That was part of it. There's always a start. And it doesn't matter how big or how small, as long as you do something. And they did something. Jackie Robinson did something that is still ringing out to this day. So kudos to Jackie Robinson. Kudos to the Dodgers. And uh, let's all try to be a little bit like Jackie Robinson whenever we can. Just don't spit in my face because we're going to have a problem. I'm Reggie Watkins you've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Thank you for listening. Please rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Let them know about it. You can also find us on Instagram now, at I'm underscore probably underscore right. Again, that is at I'm underscore probably underscore right. Check this out. My man Kevin Cleveland, thank you so much for running the boards producing engineering. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.